Congratulations, Jack! Hey Siri, how do you say black in French? In French, black is noir, rosé noir. We found each other on Clubhouse. We nurtured a community that continues to grow. We'll keep pushing forward for change. We'll call things out. We'll call people in. We will lead with love. We will not be silent or silenced. We're here to fill your cup with conversation. We'll provide individuality and thought. Diversity of perspectives on a range of topics. You never know who will join us. Sit back and enjoy our offering. Claudia. Gina. Jasmine. Monique. We are Rosé Noir. Rosé Noir. Rosé Noir. Rosé Noir. Please enjoy the show. Welcome to the Rosé Noir podcast. I am Monique, and I am joined by my booze, Jasmine and Gina. We are here to talk about the finale of Big Brother 25, Big Brother season 25. Child, Jag one, and uh, we finna talk about it. How y'all doing? Hey. <laughs> um, This was my first ever season of Big Brother. Oh, yes, you were a newbie to Big Brother. Yes, Gina has jumped been... right in with live feeds too. I mean, like my friends outside of this podcast, Gina and you have just been telling me like the show is so good. And I'm like, I'm not ready to commit three days a week to one damn show. Like, And then you hello. did. So then after you did, what happened? <laughs> and then after I did, I'm all on the live feeds like, oh, what they doing? <laughs> I was like, fine, you got me hooked. Yeah. So I was going to say, I myself, Monique, I am a... I, I'm a I'm a hybrid fan. I'm a mixture between the live feeds that I watch on Twitter, <laughs> and I'm a, and I'm a, a casual fan too. But Gina makes me a like real live feed fan because anything that I haven't gotten, if I see an update on Twitter, I'm like Gina. Um, so what's going on right now? She already knows. She Whatever already it is, she's like, yeah, I already saw that yesterday. I'm like, damn. <laughs> Yes, it is I. I am a feedster. I it is me. It is me. It is I. Yes. Um Gina and I started watching Big Brother together closely in the beginning of our friendship. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, there's something about this show where it's the frustration, it's the jubilation, it's the surprise factor, it is the competitions. The wackiness, the kookiness, the zingbot, the like everything <laughs> about the show, the Julie Chen, the Chen bot, right? We call her Chen bot. Her outfits, <laughs> the diary room sessions, everything about this show really kind of captures the summer into the fall. And I mean, this season was particularly long. Gina, how long was this season? They told us at the beginning that it would be 100 days. So mm-hmm. it's it was on the longer side than what they've done. Previously, um, not that much longer. I think it added about another week 
Yeah, to they're it. usually eighty something days, like eighty yeah. or something like that days. Yeah, yeah, it floats right around getting close to like the ninety day mark, like a full three months. So it was just a a little bit extra, which it was necessary given some of the twists and things that they wanted to do this season to to add on to it. They had a whole extra player mm-hmm. <laughs> come in. Oh, let's talk about that. So we uh, there have been rumblings and speculation on Twitter, Jasmine. Mm-hmm that there was going to be an extra house guest. Yes. There was so many spe- so many people speculated that it was going to be Sari Fields or it could have been Daniel Reyes or, you know, a, a host of people. So when you open up the show, Daniel Reyes and uh, Frankie Grande and somebody else, I don't remember them. Sorry, for, sorry. Uh, do you remember who that third person was that was um, doing the little thing with the big strobe, like BB comic verse thing? Oh, dang it. I'm forgetting the name. I'm seeing her face. Doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, so we open the show and those people are already in the house. So you're like, oh, that's a, a thing. I'm not sure what's going to be happening here. And then later on in the episode, they introduced everyone. You see Jared Fields and you knew he, he was on the cast, Ceri's son. And then at the end of that very first premiere episode, they go into the house and Ceri is popping champagne. And when I say Twitter went crazy, Twitter went insane. Now it's been kind of up and down um, in terms of the way that people feel about Sari being in the house, her son being in the house and her being able to play with her son, her um, coming off of several, you know, like very successful runs in Survivor and also in Traders and the show Traders because she won Traders. How much did she win in Traders? Like was it like seven hundred fifty thousand or something? Like yes, that? and I I actually ended up I'm in the middle of watching Traders right now because okay. I wanted to see the you know the the final like the first show that she actually was able to win. And when I tell you that Siri is playing a great game in Love Traders it. right now, yeah. I I can see how she's been success how she was able to be successful in the Big Brother house. Right. So Jasmine, so if you if if you are not f- familiar, so Jasmine, if you're not familiar with Siri. Uh, she is a like three or four times Survivor player. I think three yeah. times she's played Survivor. She has never been voted out of Survivor. Right. Okay, so she had said something somehow. Like, it was like in fifteen years of reality TV, I've never been voted out, and I was like, "Girl, what? yeah, yeah." There was one tribal council on like one of the like the like I think it was like an All Star show or something like that. She was down to it was down to everyone, and it came back. It came to the vote. And all of the people that got voted out had an idol. Everyone played their idol. And so she got, she left with no votes. Wow. That was like, I guess if you got to go out, I guess that's how you get out Sari. <laughs> but cool. yeah, so she's just a legend. A, she's a CBS legend, a reality television show legend. And she was able to grace this show. Now it's quite different than Survivor. Survivor is like 39 days, 40 nights or 40, whatever, something like that. 40 days, 39 nights, something like that. And it's, you know, you're on a deserted island, you know, food, water, you know, uh, competition. It's like jam-packed nonstop. However, in Big Brother, um, you essentially have to like really work within yourself, work within alliances, start them early and really like you got to win competitions. And one thing that Sari ain't finna do because it's to her benefit and survivor to not win competitions mm-hmm. in a uh, big brother. When you have to save yourself and you have to prove that you can win, you got it. You got to pull it out. You got to pull it out. So um, 
I thought it was a crazy. So Gina, uh, one of the crazy things that also happened on Big Brother, somehow Sari wasn't, um, her name wasn't picked for vetoes. Can you explain what a veto of what the veto competition? It is? never was. It never was until so, the end. So a veto competition, just the basis of the Big Brother house. I think we should just line it up really quickly. You have a head of household competition. Everyone gets to play the first one. Um, you figure out who that is. That head of household gets some special privileges, a room to themselves, some extra perks, letters from home, those sort of things that definitely matter later on in the game uh, when you're there for you know two, three months. Um, that person then gets to nominate two of the house guests. And then from there, they have what's called the veto competition. And then in the beginning, the names have to be pulled for it because there's more people that are in the house than who can play the game. I think it's like six that get to play for that, um, which would be the two nominees, the head of household, and then three people are then picked to play mm -hmm. from there. Um, they have chips in there where it says that it's house guest choice. Yes. So um, you could be the person that if you pull that chip, you can decide whoever you want to pick or you would pull someone's name and then that person automatically gets to play. So what ended up happening, which has never happened, was that you had a situation where Suri's name never was pulled and then she was also never picked as house guest choice. But I think we were more shocked at her name just never being pulled. Cause like the further along it got, you would just, you know, just the chances are the less chips that are in there, the more chances that you, you should get picked. She was never picked. There was even a point where I was watching feeds where, you know, that they were actually saying like, let's check. Like they wanted to check and see if, yeah. and they did show that her chip was in there. But they had to show that on the, on the real show, like the show proper. Yeah. BB Twitter was convinced that her chip wasn't in there. There was a really great meme of like showing her chip in the garbage and was like, well, there it is. Because <laughs> she, there was just no way that her chip was there and she just never got picked. Yeah. So um, that's crazy. Like, what are the odds? You know, the this odds are crazy. really low. All right. So you have the the HOH and the two they're already playing. So you're, you're pulling three chips. Mm -hmm. The odds of not pulling that person consecutively every single week, mm -hmm. very, very low. It's crazy. I took elementary statistics as a part of my uh, chemistry major. <laughs> the odds are like, come on. I was like, now, uh, excuse me. <laughs> like, y'all could have pulled my name out of there. What's going on? Why you're not putting this late? Like this, it was really crazy. It was just crazy. Like she never even had a chance to save herself in a way because she was never picked for veto. Never. <laughs> Never. So we could start talking about some of like the dynamics of the game, uh, the dynamics of the season and how Jag kind of made it to being the winner who was preceded by Taylor Hale. Love to see it. Love her. All uh, hail really Queen amazing. Taylor. First, she was the first black female winner of yes. Big Brother proper because Tamar Braxton won Celebrity so Big Brother. And that season was dynamic and amazing candy burst was on there tom green was on there craziness it was wild go ahead Jeff. Oh, correct me if i'm wrong but the winner before taylor hale was also a black person but that was the yeah. first black winner right yes yeah. that was Xavier. a black male mm -hmm. yes okay. Okay. i need to go back and watch both of those seasons <laughs> yes that's the season also the infamous cookout yep, season the cookout yes oh, that was never really yes. met they never that really was... met in yeah. the beginning but they ran the game Mm -hmm. That was the first season where CBS had implemented their whole like um, DEI initiative of how many of the house guests needed to be of minority background. So they and it wasn't just for Big Brother. That was just across the board. CBS started CBS. implementing that for The Amazing Race, for 
for that show. Any show that they have can take note. Yeah. Yeah. They have and it, shows. it really does show. Um, since it's happened, we've actually had, it's been back to back. All three winners have been minorities yep, yeah. from marginalized communities. So, yep. mm-hmm. uh, so, all right. So we've got, not only do we have Sari, Jared, black and black, we had Nicole, black woman, DC, um, was she a DC strategist or a DC lawyer? Yeah, like a political strategist. Yeah, like a political yeah, strategist. Political strategist. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we had Kirsten. And then we had Mama Felicia. Mm-hmm. We also had Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, am I missing anyone? We had Hysom and we had Jag. Did you put Matt in there? Matt. I'm putting Matt in there. Mm-hmm. So Matt mm-hmm. is an Olympic swimmer, yes. but a part of the deaf community. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to make sure we get that correct and right. Um he has a cochlear implant. Yes, he has a cochlear yes. implant. Uh, in the game of whispers, yes. very, very difficult for, for Matt to navigate and uh, get through the game. But It's incredible Matt, that he made it to top two. Matt made it all the way through top two, most mostly throughout the entire game. He only got like nominated one time because of his the way that he was able to engage with everyone and able to foster these really, really amazing relationships with people. Mm-hmm. One of the main relationships that he fostered was by saving Jag with a power that he won that America voted for him to play in this particular power of, I think it was like invincibility or something like that. Yeah, it yeah, was like, power yeah, invincibility, in, invincibility yeah. or invisibility mm-hmm. or something no, like that. No, invincibility, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so on the week where Jag got voted out unanimously... <laughs> <laughs> It was like 10-0, Jack, you were eliminated from the Big Brother house. I, I ain't never seen somebody so sad in my life. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, all the lights started flickering. He's about to get his bag to leave because the way that you exit is you get your bag, you hug everyone, you get your bag and you leave. Or if you're Nicole, you hug everyone, but I believe Corey. Yes. You put your hand in his face and say, ah, ah, ah. no, thanks. You do the Olivia. Ah, and then you leave. Um, that was iconic iconic there have been some really amazing big brother like uh house exits we had davon that everybody uses that one as their uh as their gif oh yeah davon was great michael Michael. oh my god michael said (laughs) i just want to say i just want to say one thing to everyone everybody stay there he got up and left didn't hug anybody just dipped you were just oh, shocked no everyone was in shock it was the best thing i've ever seen in my life he got out on a double eviction where he was begging them not to do it so like, he just please don't do this and i'm like, like y'all gotta do this because he's gonna win yeah he would have won hands from down. this season um i really appreciated when izzy left she gave all her hugs and then cam went to hug her and she was like no no, no i'll see you in a minute and i know that was saw him, saw him in a minute she did. really did. Person out. Yep. Yep. I was like, okay, Izzy, I see. So good. So one thing also about uh, Sari <laughs> being in the house and all of the house guests coming into the house. So Jared knew. Jared and Sari knew they were playing the game together. That's one thing that we didn't know as fans when we saw it, and everybody lost their shit. Like Sari is in the house. Oh my god! Right. So one thing that happened is the minute that. Izzy came into the house. She immediately, you could hear it on the end of the, the recording oh. of the show. She yeah. was like, that's your mom. So she was locked in and a part of the family ever since then. And she never shared their secret. 
there would always be a big reveal of, so like Julie would be talking to the person that got voted out and be like, so did you know there was a secret special, uh, you know, relationship with people on the, you know, in the house? Uh, what do you think it is? Man, Matt saying in the finale that he thought that America and Corey, who were in a showman's, by the way, y'all, fucking face. They were related. Screamed. I'm screaming. When he said that, I my jaw dropped. I'm like, is he serious right now? Probably. So he wanted CBS to be promoting incest for the past like <laughs> not like 90 days. Like, what are we talking about? Wild behavior. <laughs> that was like the craziest response. Like, out of all the people that you would have thought were related, like I would have even been fine if he would have said that Sari and Felicia were sisters or cousins or something. Mm-hmm. Because everybody like, believed, right, that uh, that Mama Felicia and and Jared were mother and mother and son. Yeah, Girl, I thought you were going to bring up the Denzel Washington thing. Yeah, no, the Denzel Washington <laughs> thing is crazy. Cameron is insane. Mm-hmm. Not all black people look alike, Cameron. <laughs> yeah, so Cameron believes famously that, um, and they kept showing him and his conspiracy theory on the like main show, and I'm like, y'all wasting y'all time. Stop doing this. But it was kind of funny. He was like, listen, she is she's got to be related to Denzel. There's no way she's not related to Denzel. It's wild. (laughs) So our top three were Bowie Jane or fucking Bowie Jane, as Mama Felicia calls her. Oh my God, amazing. Uh, Matt. And uh, so Bowie Jane is from where? Is she Australian? Yeah. She's she's Aussie. Yeah, she's Aussie. So um, she's a a fake DJ, but a real lawyer. (laughs) She had everybody. Why did you do her like that? <laughs> Meanwhile, she's like a full-on attorney. Shout out to her. You love to see it. Um, she was maybe one of my least favorite players because she was such a floater. Yeah, I don't like floaters. But she won when she needed to. She won when she she oh. was like formidable in competition. I mean, she was HOH yeah. like three times. Mm-hmm. She yeah. did. She got it three times. But I will say that all of her HOH wins were kind of what people were calling crapshoots. They yeah. were like um, kind of like guessing game things or whatever. It, you know, I'm not going to hold it against her because a win is a win in yes, my yes. mind, but there are some people that are kind of negating a little bit of like the success of her wins because of how she came about getting them. Exactly. And then you had Matt, Matt won a couple of HOHs, maybe one or two, but Matt won a lot of vetoes, I believe. Yeah. He was the veto king. Of he was good at vetoes. Good veto yeah. king. Uh, Jag won everything in the season. Um, when I say Jag won everything, uh, Heisem would have won most things, but they got <laughs> Heisem up out of there uh, foolishly. And that's the reason Foolish. why we're in the situation that we were it in. For- real quick. They got Heisem out so quick. It literally set the tone for this for mm-hmm. the season, because at that point, before Heisem was out, there were two sides to the house. They were just slinging back and forth mm-hmm. for each other. It depended on who won HOH, decided like which side of the house was going to have someone go. Heisem went out on his own team's HOH because... They were tired, they were tired of getting bossed around, right? They were, yeah, they were tired of getting bossed around. Now, if they would have been looking at the bigger picture, they would have left him in the game. He would have been their Matt Jag, and he would have stayed in the game. He would have won comps. He would have carried them far. At some point, you know, the shot would have been taken at him, but it shouldn't have come from his own side because it really ended up leading to the demise of that entire side of the house. Like, they never really gained control again after that. Then they were getting picked off one by one by one. They got picked off one by one. And we called it. We said that when Heisem left, when mm-hmm. we would because we had clubhouse rooms um pretty much all season. As soon as Heisem was out the door, we were like, they are going to literally get picked off one by one because there was really no one on that side of the house. And by that side of the house, we mean 
McCole, Sari, Mama Fee. Oh, only Jared um, was the Jared one. Blue. Yeah, Jared Blue. Jared. Jared was the only one that could win things. And once again, all it took was getting rid of Jared to then leave them completely with no one that could win anything. And they were exploited. They were exposed. And it it led to the way that the season played out. Mm-hmm. So Sari uh, being such a strong player, her strongest ally was Izzy. Yep. Um, the issue that you would find is that huh, the so her Izzy knowing their secret made her the strongest ally, but also they related. They were almost like it was like they were they found soulmates. They were kindred spirits. They were kindred was- spirits. She is a part of the family. She is a fields. Yeah. We love to see it. I cried. But she is down for them. Yes. Down. Hasn't switched up at all. Honestly. Will never switch up. Hasn't switched up. And yeah, like just just dynamic. But I would have loved to hear their first conversation with Sari coming back out of the house or out of the the jury house, I guess. Um, and meeting up with Izzy again, I would love to know the first like things that they said to each other. Cause they just, like you said, it was such a soulmate bond and it was just such a mutual respect and mutual love. I'm like, what did they say? We may be able to find that. Um, they do a lot of media after getting out of the house. Every day. It's like the little media tour for the next like week or two. There's going to be nonstop interviews. I can probably circle the hashtag. That's another thing. If you are a fan of big brother, if you just, go on to Twitter X and type in hashtag BB25. You will find so much content. You can put in a second hashtag if you want to like make it specific to who you want to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just see whatever comes out. I've been looking at some of the um, some of the interviews that are coming out, but it'll be going on for at least the next two weeks. Okay, good. One of the craziest things that did happen though in the beginning of the season was that... <laughs> In shocking, shocking fashion, one of the house guests violated the uh, terms and the ethics of CBS, and CBS had to stand on business. Sure did. I think that that sent shockwaves through the entire rest of the production of the show, because that person went home. His name was Luke. Mm -hmm. He said the N-word in front of Jared and a couple- Very casually- Hard ER. Hard ER, very mm-hmm. casually, and wasn't even talking about someone Black. No, no, just threw it out there. It made no sense. Mm-hmm. I was actually up watching that because this was when, oh my goodness, Rowan was very, very small. Maybe he was like two, three weeks old. I was up late at night, and I literally had, as soon as I heard it, I thought that I was being just like a delirious new mom that was just hearing things. I went to Twitter. I went straight there. And I was like, if it's, if it, if he said what I think he just said, I was like, it'll be on Twitter. And sure it. enough. And they had it. There was just clip after clip mm-hmm. of him saying it. Clip after clip, people cleaning the audio just so yes. that the motherfuckers wasn't like, oh, did he actually say it? Oh. I think he said it because that's been <laughs> happening too. Yep. Now, gaslighting us and telling us that people haven't been using racial slurs and they have been. Stop they doing sure that. Yeah. Uh, so, so he got uh, summarily dismissed from the game. They had a house meeting. It was, there were things left on the table that, hey, Rowan. Rowan. There were things left on the table that I was like, "Mm," because Jared was like, listen, I don't know if I heard it. And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Because you're going to have to run the tape back. They're going to have to run the tape back in your face. 
so that you can say see that you heard it. You, he reacted, and they they showed it on the on the show itself on the prop because you'll for live feeds you'll see about four or five camera angles. There is the camera one, camera two, three, and four, and then there's the quad camera angle. The quad camera angle are all four cameras with all four audio piped in. So it gets weird if it's all different. If you're watching the quads and it's all all of the same, uh, all of the same cameras with with the audio on on top of it. But that's often the way that you can figure out which feed you want to go to. So um, often when I'm turning on Pluto, T- so they had it on Pluto TV. They've usually had it on CBS All Access, where you have to pay about like five dollars a month for it to gain access to the live feeds. And then they put it on Paramount Plus when they made that app. Yeah, and then they put it on Paramount Plus. And if, yeah, I would take if I were anyone, uh, the minute that you're on Twitter and you have all of these people on live updates and notification updates, when you see that there's an argument going on, head over to Pluto. Some days I've been like, you know, maybe like working from home and I just like go downstairs and just watch for about five minutes and then I go back upstairs <laughs> to get back to work because it's so entertaining. Yeah, we've got some heavy hitters um, in the, the BB universe that on Twitter X. So if you just kind of go in there and and ha- hit notifications for the, just those specific people you I would just look to see the notification and if I saw something good then I would go and turn on or turn it on so I could see what was happening um but then there's also just some accounts where they literally you could almost watch feeds through them because they're posting the mm-hmm. feeds on there with like the timestamps and and showing certain conversations that happened and you can really keep up with the storyline of the day or for the week of like what's happened yep. without even watching it and there is a thing about watching the show where if you are a casual fan and you don't want to be spoiled by results the results are already have already happened by Monday. So there's a nomination ceremony. So, all right, HOH is Thursday night. Yep. Typically, sometimes live. I wish they had way more live uh, HOHs because I don't have to go to bed seen. and not know who the head of household is, like, so that I'm stressing. Like, I either want to know if my people are safe or if they're going to be fighting for their lives by the time I go to bed. So, if they do one of those crapshoot, like, you know, um, golfing, or like bowling type of uh of HOHs where it's all one or the question ones that happens right live. It'll take five minutes to seven, eight minutes, and they crown the HOH, they give them the key, and then they go off into the sunset where the episode ends. Mm-hmm. Other times the episode has ended after someone's interview. You don't care. She said uh, Julie will say, let's check in on the house guests live. And I'm like, damn, you just not gonna run no damn competition. We don't care. I don't like this for me, but all right. And then you have to tune in um, on sometimes the HOH is on Pluto or whatever live feed suppository that they have, or they're um, doing the live, they're doing it. And then you, they come back from the, the uh, feed cut mm-hmm. and, and you see that whoever has the HOH key is the winner that sometimes is mad dejecting and it takes the wind out of your sails. If it ain't who you wanted it to be, like Cam, uh, uh, by the way, Cameron won um, America's Favorite Player, which is uh, problematic to me because he was a creep in the house. Wild. Um, it's wild. But it speaks to the way that you spoke about it, Mo, about how people watch the show. You have what we call the feeders. Mm-hmm. And the feedsters are the people that are watching what's going on on the feeds, whether they're looking at it through Twitter accounts or if they're actually watching the feeds. 
And then you have what we call, like you said, the casual viewers. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are just casual viewers. They are not looking at the feeds or anything like that. They are just watching the show when it airs on Sunday, you know, Tuesday and, and Thursday. And if that's the case, you only have like a certain picture of like the way that the game went. You only know but so much about the person. We said the same thing last season. A lot of people didn't know what happened to Taylor if they were just a casual viewer. They had no idea what she was going through in the house and how bad it was to the extent. Yeah, I, yeah, it was bad. It was just really bad what she went through. And you wouldn't know that if you didn't watch the the fees and you really had to, we had to really work hard to make her America's favorite player and coordinate the effort to make it happen because we knew what she was up against, which was all of the, the casual viewers voting for whoever they were going to vote for. You can always tell based off of like Facebook groups on that are associated with BB yes. who, who they're leaning towards. And I knew that it was like going to be between like a Cameron or a Matt. Yeah. It was like their top, their top choice. Um, of who would get it. And it just ended up being that they liked Cameron more. They, you know, they pulled together and decided to vote for Cameron. I think the vote was a little too split on the other side of things between Felicia, Sari. You had people that really liked Jag and his gameplay. Like there was just, it was, it was more of like- I saw a, on Twitter a lot of America talk. A yeah, lot a lot of, of America and Corey. The yeah. vote was really, really split this year. And what I would say is that with Cameron, when it came to screen time, because he was HOH a lot. Yeah. But also when he came back into the game and uh, he, so he got voted out, him and Jared got voted out like back to back. Mm -hmm. I think Jared went in the double elimination. Yeah. And then they became what's called Big Brother or BB Zombies. Mm -hmm. So they got to join the house again. And then they sort of had to wear zombie costumes and, you know, kind of walk around in those. But they got an opportunity to compete against each other to get back into the game. Mm -hmm. And so... Cameron won both of those and got an opportunity. He got back in the game and he said, I'm going to wreck shit. I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I want to do. And what ended up happening the minute he got let back in the game, he won HOH. Mm -hmm. You hate to see it. That's one thing. Like the people that got, that get voted out when they come back in the game and they win, it's, it's, it really wrecks the entire infrastructure of the game. Um, I did want to talk about Jag. So one thing about Jag, is I don't know if he's the best liar, but he's an effective liar. He's an effective liar. Cause I mean, if he wasn't a great liar, he wouldn't have gotten all the way to where he was, but also he, uh, he did what needed to be done. It wasn't perfect, but he did his big one. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's, he's going home with the money for his family. Not my most favorite player. Yeah. Not my either. Only because I liked a couple of people more, but yeah. in symbolism, yeah, my favorite player. Yeah, well, I, think, it's like, I supported him more in the beginning. He's, go, in the sick, he's, a, he's in the sick community and um, he is the very first sick uh, that won. Yeah. And which we love to see mm -hmm. it. So. Yeah. I love the representation piece of it. And mm -hmm. I liked Jag in the beginning. Like the first, if you would have asked me week like one through three, I was definitely on like a Jag wave of like, I thought he would have been a really to win the game i like that he was aligned with the other side of the house and was trying to like get things moving over there it wasn't until a little bit later on after he was saved and came back that i wasn't as like excited for him and i wasn't necessarily rooting for him but i also wasn't adverse to him i just wasn't on that side of like yes i want jag to win anymore so 
as it got further into the game, I went back to being like, okay, well, it's still good representation. He's playing the game. Ultimately, it came down to certain comments that he made that made me less team jag comments that he made against Mama Fee and Suri that really kind of like put me off. They were a little chauvinistic and just not that great. And we'll get into that. Yeah, specifically. Right. Um, There were times when they were trying to decide who should go on the block, depending on who cooked better. Yeah, and I thought that was cr- like the black craziest. woman and Jemima in the house cooking for y'all. Yeah, I, yeah we don't. Yeah, let's yeah. not do that. And I don't think that either of them realized didn't matter Jack like, didn't. how that looked. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm hoping that that's something that will be that will come up with them, even if it's not something that's put in an interview. But if somebody has a chance to just talk to them about that, hopefully this message reaches them. That yeah. was not okay, Matt and Jack, yeah, <laughs> to the talk to them about. You want black women to cook for you, and that's the reason why they're useful to you in the game of Big Brother. Not great. If you could beat them, then you could beat them. But, uh, oof. and I think it, I think they should have took uh, Sari and Mama Felicia to the end. That's just me, because I think they still would have beaten them in the competitions, which usually happens, but, you know, I don't know. One of the things that actually really stuck out to me, and uh, I don't know how this normally goes. Again, this is my first season, but with um, their speeches at the end. So obviously every week when they're, you know, giving their speeches to plead to stay a house guest, I always find that fascinating who they call out, what they say, um, how they plead. But in the finale, it was especially interesting. And like, Matt and Jack both had these perfectly kind of curated, you could tell, very rehearsed speeches. But Matt's was very like diplomatic and clean and appreciative. And Jack said, my hands are covered in your blood. And that's when I was like, he's about to win this. (laughs) He didn't give a fuck. He was like, I did this. I did this. You know, um, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but when... Was it Blue that asked, like, how did you, why should we vote for you when you were voted out? And he was like, okay, but when I came back, what did I do? Everything. Mm-hmm. He was like, I I choreographed all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I did this, this, and that. And that is the moment I was like, Jag is about to win. Yeah. And I was just, I was like, okay, sir, mm-hmm. applause to you. <laughs> I had a, someone at that point, I was having a proud moment. Because when I was talking in the background, like with Mo and other people that watch the show, when we were talking about what the argument could be for either, like all at this point, we didn't know who was going to be in the final two. We were talking about all three of them, like even Bowie Jane and what she could have said. My argument for Jag was that he came back into that. Although his life in the game was because Matt brought him back, he took control of his own fate when he got back into the game Mm -hmm. and pretty much secured his own path there. He didn't really need anyone to do it he won the vetoes he won the hohs mm-hmm. he got people out he took he really took the game into his own hands so it didn't matter that matt brought him back like yeah like all right thanks you thank you for giving me life back in the game but I, i'll take it from here like he took himself off life support the second he got back in the yeah, game it was like a puppet master right like he was he the conversations that he was having with people and the webs that he was like sewing together to be like, like, I mean, even these top three, right? Matt and Bowie both looked at the camera and said, oh, Jags got me. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like just even stuff like that. It's like, it was masterful. It they really were both was- willing to take him to the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was perfectly positioned to get there because Bowie, Jane or Matt, if they would have been the ones to get there, they would have taken him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bowie, Jane versus Matt, Matt wins. Yeah. 
Yeah. Chloe Jane versus Jag. Jag wins. Jag versus Matt. Jag wins. That's mm-hmm. that's the point of the game. Yeah. Like, um, if Matt was able to make a more compelling argument about yeah. who he is. Yeah. He felt social sure. game. Saving Jag and then Jag getting all the blood on his hands. Yeah. And doing all the dirty work. There was a space to do that and then win the game. But yeah. he, didn't, he didn't. He didn't have the words to say it because that was his boy and he didn't want to throw his boy down. Right. What Jag had was, this is my guy. I fuck with him. I know that I can say these things and say that I orchestrated every move between us. And cl- like, he got Sari out. And he did, though. On Matt's HOH. Yeah. No, he really did. He convinced, he literally convinced Matt yeah. to take out the person that was left that would have chosen him over. Have chosen him. Other people. Like, that was his, that was his Bowie Jane, essentially. And Jag got him to get her out on his. Get three out. Yep. That was crazy. And we all went into that week. I That was the, like the first time that I was truly disappointed in Matt this season. Yeah. Because I did not think that on his HOH that he was going to put Sari in that sort of a position. Because he tried to help her and save her every That's other week prior. Every so other like, week. What the hell is going on? And uh, at every turn, Felicia, love Felicia, one of the shining stars of this season. Right. All of the crazy things that happened with her. Wow. Mr. Bean. <laughs> She, Mr. Bean, um, order all types of lamb chops and, you know, chuck steaks and all. She said, we need oxtails. She said, we need oxtails. We need a little bit of the butter to put the butter on the thing. I said, God, look, this is amazing. (laughs) Just black, just blackness. Just, but, um, with Felicia, she peeped it and called it out that Bowie Jane was in a way better position than Felicia and Sari ever would have been because they never would have, they never wanted to put her up. Mm-hmm. When it came time to put people up on the block, they it, always put it was two up. They always put Felicia. They they was like, "What about so you gonna put Bowie Jane on? She not gonna get on the block. She she gonna make it all the way through the game and never get, never be on never the block. Never touch huh? the block. Never yeah. touch the block. Oh, she not the nom- She not the renominee. Peak oh, that's four. interesting. Right. Um, one thing about Jag and his game, it's very scary to win. Again and again and again, oh, yeah. you get worried about that person if that's your favorite player, and all they're doing is winning every competition. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why Heisum was already in the in a, a bad position. But like we said, they were foolish in getting rid of Heisum um, because they didn't like the ego of it. But he was willing to be. He was going to be loyal to them to the end. He was never going to turn his back on them. Yeah, and he would have been what they call a meat shield, so that you know you just keep putting him on the block. And he can save himself. Y'all don't have to save him because yeah. he would have won those vetoes. I can oh, those veto comps that came after he left. A hundred percent were winnable for him. Every single one. Mm-hmm. I could see Red winning a lot of these. Kirsten winning a lot of these. Um, these competitions. Yeah. Uh, Jared winning a lot of these competitions. Heisum winning a large majority of these competitions. Jag was winning because he was facing people that uh, not, not athletic. Uh, and probably the game wore wore them down mentally. And so they just like, when they had to do things where they needed to like, remember and recall things, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a crapshoot. If you pick the wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. thing, then it is what it is. So I don't know, you like use what you got to, to get where you want to go. And that's what Jack did. I love to see it. And I am interested to see how he becomes a commentator of the game, because often Mm -hmm. what this creates is a cachet of people that can speak to the game. They've played it. 
He's played it. He's played it longer than anyone has played it ever. I want to see what it looks like when he gets out and he gets on the microphone and gets the opportunity to be podcasting and all of that. It's going to be awesome. Him, Xavier and um, and Taylor together mm-hmm. as like the most three most recent winners mm-hmm. to sit, have a sit down. We've already seen that he's had a chance to speak to Taylor one on one because she's gotten into the commentator space yes, on E on E. But I would love to see the three of them sit down and have a conversation mm-hmm. being the first of the first. Interesting. Yeah. What do y'all think was some of the craziest moves in the game besides Heisum and and uh, some of those things? What what were some of the the like really like put stick a pin in it? This is going to carry throughout the season, and this is interesting. Go ahead, Gina. I'll start right at the very very top. The fact that you had Kirsten go home Mm -hmm. first. I think that that and didn't need to go home lie. because someone had already went home. Someone yeah. got expelled from the game. She, she didn't need yeah. to go home. Yes. Yeah. So she didn't need to go. In, in the past season, they didn't, uh, last year when this happened, they didn't let anyone go home. They kind of like reset. And that's actually what saved Taylor, honestly, because I think people thought that she might've been the one to go home. Yeah. You know, if, if it would have played out that way. Um, so it would have been nice to see what would have happened if they didn't make Kirsten go home. But even beyond that, just the fact that the house wanted her out, like there were certain people that were willing to let her leave the game that mm-hmm. didn't make sense to me. No. And it, it started a trend at the very beginning of people voting against their own interests yeah. with who they allowed to stay in the game. It just, it didn't make sense to me to try to have Kirsten go home, you know, out of, this was like a little bit of an odd season for me because although they had, that the minorities kind of like it was still the 50 percent mm-hmm. out of the black cast members there was only one black man yes Jared. and i took note of that in the very beginning of the game where mm-hmm. i was like mm. i was like a lot, women. You, a lot of women and not just yeah. that two of those women were older women yes mm-hmm. and all i kept thinking was dang these physical comps is gonna be hard yeah. because a bunch of women two of them being older women and then you only have Jared. I was like, if they were going to try to kind of like work together at all or do it or, or just even individually save themselves or just not vote against each other. It just seemed like they were set up in a way they were set up to not really be able to be successful. Go ahead, Jasmine. <laughs> Gina just reminded me what I was going to say yeah. earlier, Monique, but I didn't want to interrupt. Um, yeah. About the physical comps and age or ability. When they were doing that comp, Mm-hmm. Um, with it was the one with Josh Jamil, and they were spinning in the chair. Yes. Oh my God. With Miss Felicia, so that's one where my husband was watching it with me, and he said, "She, there's no way she can win. She and is what six years old. Her yeah. inner ear. She's going to be so dizzy yeah. that she cannot do this." Mm-hmm. And sure enough, she fell down. She needed medical attention, mm-hmm. and it's like, damn. Like some of these comps, it's like if you're not of the correct, um almost like stature and age you just wh- what chance do you have at all There's, there are some elderly folks that they can put on the show that are mad like fit um mm-hmm. that have you know like like some sort of some trained athletes former olympians i would love to see what happens when you put those people on the show as opposed to mm-hmm. but i also here's the thing big brother is a show where it should not matter across the board what's going on yeah it shouldn't matter 
they just needed to to be a little bit more equitable with the with the comps. I think that what they didn't do this year was they didn't really stagger it appropriately yeah. Yeah. with like with having like a physical comp and then having a more of a mental comp. Like I think it just needed to be staggered better because we all know that like they did a lot of physical up front, mm-hmm. which honestly kind of picked off everybody. They kept behind certain people. And then they went back to physical again towards the end. And it just, it just, it made it harder. I think it just needed to be staggered a little bit better. And I think if they would have done that, then you could have seen it a little bit better. But just to have so many comps that were just very physically driven just made it harder to me. Like I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of like the crapshoot ones or the, the the ones that are less physical, more mental comps um, would have been the nice puzzles. Like stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I call them the equalizers. The puzzles are like yeah. equalizers. Any, it's anybody's game at that point. I would have liked to have seen more of that and a little less of the physical stuff. Like the physical stuff is fun to watch. It's entertaining, but it starts to become one-sided. And that's why we always talk about in the game as uh, as like viewers of the show that they always end up having to go after like the bigger guys and hurry up and try to get them out. Because if you don't, mm-hmm. they will do what happened this season, which core um, America said it perfectly when she was like stating her case, when she said, they're going to win guys, they're going to win. I've seen this time mm-hmm. and time again, mm-hmm. America had watched America was a huge fan of the game and had watched a lot of seasons. And she saw the writings on the wall the same way all of us did at home. Like oh, yeah. we knew where the game was headed once Jared left. Mm-hmm. We were like, well, that was the last guy on, you know, the other side to kind of like balance out things, balance the scales. Mm-hmm. And we saw what was going to happen. And it happened. And, and that's why when America left, she got, so when she got evicted and went and talked to Julie, she mm-hmm. was sitting in that chair like, I am so mad because I've been oh. telling them mm-hmm. they're going to win. She said, they're going to win. Watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was them underestimating. I feel like at a certain point, Serena and Felicia got a little bit complacent and comfortable with where they were in the game and where they thought they were with Matt and Jag. And I feel like they weren't really willing to take the shot more so Felicia than Serena. Cause I think Serena was, was seeing the writings on the wall and knew things needed to happen and was trying to work that angle. But Felicia was trying to lean in really, really hard mm-hmm. into that, that final four with them. And I think that it really damaged their game that they didn't try to take a shot when they had some opportunities. And the great thing about Jag is that he knew, just like the fans of the show that were watching and, and yelling on, on <laughs> Twitter spaces, if you leave Sari Fields in the game till the end, that goes to her cachet of winning the game. She didn't have to win anything. You dragged her all the way to the end. If you are dumb enough to drag a seasoned CBS veteran to the end Mm -hmm. while they front loaded all of their moves in the beginning of the game and was killing Mm -hmm. it from the sidelines, never winning HOH, Mm -hmm. and you still drag them through when you should have cut them, that's on you. So smart of Jag to on Matt's HOH, get just get her because there was no way for Matt to do anything. Matt was not going to be able to, but I think, I think also Jag won the veto and kept it and kept the decision in his hands. Mm So it was one of those things like, sorry. Once again, that goes back to nobody else being able to win anything and how we were talking about the way that the comps have been set up this season in particular was by far one of the worst to me with like the disparity, Mm -hmm. the type of competitions that they had. Everything was extremely physical and just not really set up for you know other people to to win like how many of those comps did they have to do where they had to like run back and forth for something and like there were several vetoes and hohs that were set up to just not really be equitable Mm -hmm. yeah and 
like I said, I don't know if it's that it's um, if you have older women that like people just ha- like people have health things. Yeah, you know, like for me, I'm however old I am. Shut up. <laughs> but <laughs> I was a catcher in the eighth grade, so my knees are not great. Right, mm-hmm. it's hard to like run long distances. I can run, but it's hard to run long distances. It's hard to sustain that without feeling like there's like water behind my damn kneecap. Um, so I would have a, I would have a tough time with some of these things. I think some of the, like even the endurance competitions, like they should have been more front loaded toward uh, like a woman winning. Like I remember like going back and forth with Jasmine and Gina thinking like, all right, if this is a wall comp where you have to hold on to something, they're throwing ketchup and mustard and slime and water on you. Who's supposed to win? And they're tilting the entire infrastructure and the framework so that you're at now a 45 degree angle from the ground or like a 30 degree angle from the ground. And you have to hold on for at least 10 seconds and then they tilt it back. Like who's supposed to win that? Maybe a a woman that's lighter. It's a woman. It's typically Mm -hmm. a woman or a man of smaller stature. Not the muscle dudes. Jared Jared won that comp off of knowing that he and Ceri's life in the game was on the line. And his his, mind over matter, his mind willed him to do that because it really should have ultimately been like either Corey. Like a blue or a Corey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Blue Corey, America. America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. America says she thought she was going to have her Taylor moment. (laughs) She just knew going into that comp. Dang. Yeah, because Taylor won the wall comp, right? Yeah, she did. She did. And she, and it was because she took advice from previous seasons. She knew to um to keep her hands from getting wet. Yeah. And, and she didn't up. reposition her hands because if you yeah, once you reposition, all of that gook gets on the space mm-hmm. like where your and hands are. She kept her hands firmly planted in place. Mm-hmm. Hey Rowan. Helped her keep her grip. Yeah. Man, just uh... Something um, that I found really funny was when they were all kind of, so the, the, the everybody was out, all, all of the previous contestants were out mm-hmm. and they're sitting in the chairs talking to each other. When Miss Felicia turned to Bowie Jane and said, I'm 60 years old and I know you are not 32. How old are you? Oh, child. I was like, damn. Cause she, cause on Twitter, it'd been like, y'all, she lying about her age. <laughs> How old was Bowie Jane actually? Like 43, right? 40 something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, looks good, but can we just not, you know, can we embrace our age? I'm 39 and I'm, I'm out here. It is what it is. Like, come on. I mean, y'all. Here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> um, feeling good. And it's fine. We had some showmances happening. We had blue and Jared. Uh, not sure what the status of that is <laughs> because it looked a little cozy in some of the photos over at cozy. But, but didn't Jared get back with the girl from the girl from seven years ago? I don't I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out if that was just rumblings, if people mm-hmm. were just kind of hyping it up. Mm-hmm. We also know that like things can be one way, you know, while they're separated. And then when they see each other, you know, there can be clarity. So who knows? It could have been that he was kind of entertaining the old girl. And then as soon as Blue came back out, it was like, well, I'm going right. to And then we had AmeriCorey. So America yeah. and Corey. Um, 
We'll see how long that lasts. I don't think it's going to last very long, to be honest with you. You know what? We'll see. She's out in the world. She seemed so smitten as a kitten, but I wasn't sure how much of it was for show and how much of it was real. So we'll see now that they're out in the real world, how long it lasts. It may last through the BB tour, as I call it, you know, the first couple of months when things are still fresh Mm -hmm. and they're they're trying to, you know, get the still get the, the 15 minutes of fame piece. We'll see. And then we had uh, <laughs> we had Matt and Riley. Well, we had Matt and Riley who got voted out. Like, what was it? Second week? Week two. Week two. And I'm looking looking over that girl since then. Right Say again? She looking a little comfy with Jag right now. I don't know. No. Yeah. And, she? And I, don't, I don't think anybody thought about this, but she was really close with Jag too. Very and close that, with Jag. And there, there was a lot of moments where you saw them having like very close, intimate embraces. I didn't make it into a sexual thing or anything like that. I just felt like they were very comfortable with each other and there was an emotional connection between them. And allegedly, I saw a video where they looked pretty comfy and cozy and he kissed her cheek. Okay. On live. You need to send that video along. because I know. I'm like, let me see. Girls. Ciao. It was it was oh, definitely man. a screenshot of a, of a live that must have taken place last night. I saw it in the middle of the night, and that's Matt Festy Bestie. It sure is <laughs> over here. Listen, love triangle with the besties. Listen, <laughs> with the seven hundred fifty thousand dollar winner. Yeah. Uh, mm-mm. And everyone said they felt like nobody thought, that, at least for me, no one thought that they were really a couple. Her and Matt. No, not I at thought all. Thought it was one sided, and that he was acting a little bit delulu, and. Honestly, I thought that like when she sent that letter during his HOH, I felt like that was producer, you know. Yeah, they like they encouraged it. And I think she thought that he was going to win. I think she thought he was going to win. And she she was going to tether herself to that to keep her 15 minutes of fame going by being, you know, the girlfriend of the winner or the love interest of the winner. And then it ended up being Jack. Because like Jasmine, think about this, right? She's at home and she sees all, like every other second in in the show, he's like, yeah. So with Riley, they like did several segments in the like the live show of mm-hmm. the mat that he's in love with Riley and the Q tip like heart thing that she left when she was leaving and all of this stuff. So I guess when you're at home, you don't want to look like a a dickhead and a bad a bad person. Yeah. So you're gonna like play into it. And you can kind of get there, right? You can kind of say, oh, you know, maybe I do like him. Let me send him a little note, whatever. But then when um, the motherfucking shit go, you're in person with Jag, maybe you like, "Mm, I think I like you. And and I've seen your prowess in the show. So I think I like you. Um, So I I can get behind it. Um, It's just a little bit weird (laughs) because that's his homeboy. Um, And we don't want to put the homie hopping shit out there because I'm tired of that. I think it's a little, I think it's a little, um, a little women shaming when we have, we're sentient beings. And if we like somebody else, we could just like them. Mind y'all business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stop trying to label stuff. Cause when y'all like several women at a time and y'all swiping on everybody, we don't argue or complain. No problem. On. Yes, no problem. So um, y'all got anything else for this season? I'm still very interested to see the season wrap up. We also want to give a shout out to Taryn and Rob has a podcast. They sustain us throughout the season with the live feed updates. The Rob has a podcast show. They do after shows immediately after the show happens. So it's just been able to give me an opportunity to like really be sharp about what I'm watching. Um, Mm -hmm. 
like they go through all of the dynamics of the show that I haven't been able to like suss out and see. Uh, so we just wanted to give them a nice little shout out. They're very, very, um, they've been doing such a great job of putting and amplifying black and brown voices and black and brown podcast voices and women. So um, we just love that podcast network. Uh, Gina, do you want to say something? Absolutely. I love Taryn. Um, him and Rob really got me in their um, their band of um, yes. of guests have really kept me alive while watching the season and I, I enjoy their commentary and their their take on things and I don't know if I would have survived last season without them and then definitely this season I needed it a little bit more um their recaps um helped me at times when I wasn't able to watch everything and I just enjoy their perspective on things so you know have to show love to um, an amazing podcast like theirs it's also something about that podcast network making their own cachet of podcasters like it's it's a farm system like a beautiful like almost like a major league baseball team where they just coming from the like minor leagues and they're right in there you've got so many dynamic personalities that have gotten an opportunity to get on the microphone really hone their skills they are so sharp they're so good we are so proud of them And man, like they hold their candle to anybody that's out there that has solo podcasts or like, you know, a group or a team, Mm -hmm. just like big time shout outs. You love to see it. You love to see people doing the work, really amplifying black and brown voices, amplifying women, um, making the like, listen, they, (laughs) the amount of people that I've been watching, I'm like, okay, no, I got to follow you on Twitter. Cause you said, all right, you said, that on, you said you said that on Twitter. I'm following you on Twitter. And then I'm like, okay, this is expert. Like that your opinion is an expert. Like, love it. All right, y'all. Um, Gina, did you have anything? No, I just love talking with you guys. And I don't know, maybe next season, let us know if you're interested in us covering this a little bit more consistently um, next season. Maybe we can do a couple of episodes. I don't think we'll do it weekly because we've got a lot going yeah, on. So but, a couple of check-ins. but I do think that we could we could make some room for it to check in maybe, you know, a couple of times throughout the season. Yeah. Wait, if you guys are interested. Yeah. Aren't they doing, Jasmine, aren't they doing a, um, a Big Brother? They are, but it's not what we Yeah, Reindeer Games. Okay, so I looked it up. There's going to be a couple of them on the season. I think they said like nine people. There's not going to be feeds. It's legit them playing games. Like I'm into it. I'm into it just because it's bringing back some fan favorites onto the season. I think they said Tiffany and like two other people are going to be like the hosts of it. You love to see it. I love to see it. It's going to be interesting. It's just not what people initially thought that it was going to be. Guess what I don't need? more Big Brother content because it is like nonstop. We need a little bit of a break so that we can get revved back up for we when do. the season comes. Be excited for it. on fire. BB Canada starts normally mm-hmm. in like the early spring. So yeah. it would have been a lot to go from having a season that would have started in like December and went through January, possibly February, and then to have like the Canada season start for those it that watch. Too, it, it would be, be a lot. It'd been too much um, and too much to digest and too much to figure out. So uh, I did want to say that like coming up, we're hoping to dip our toes into some of these other shows. I would love to do a couple of check-ins with the Married at First Sight couples in Denver. Um, and then we're going to do some more uh, check-ins on some of these other shows that we're watching. Hopefully you all, you know, want to hear what we have to say about them. And yeah, like <laughs> we are ready. We're, we're back. We're Black unapologetically. 
and um, we out here. So stay tuned for our Bachelor in Paradise and Golden Bachelor episodes. Jasmine, you want to take us out and sign us off? Absolutely. So thank you. If you've made it this far, we appreciate you listening to us. You can follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. We are underscore Rose Noir underscore. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. So I'm Jasmine. I'm Monique. And I'm Gina. And we are Rose Noir. Rose Congratulations, Jack. Congratulations, Matt, Bowie, Jane, and everyone, and Cameron, whatever. And everyone that <laughs> won a big time on Big Brother. It was a, an amazing season. And um, I don't know. I just love where it, uh, where it went. So uh, we are- Can I close it out by just saying, singing you a little song? Please do. Okay, ready? Yes. I said, who ate my steak? Who ate my steak? Didn't Matt eat the steak? It's perfect. Matt and Jag made it. And Jag um, damn Didn't they make like fucking fajitas with her damn steak? <laughs> yes. And they looked great though. Those fajitas looked great. They looked no, they looked really good. I was, so good. I was surprised why they wasn't cooking more in the house. I know, worried but about I guess when you have Felicia and Sari doing Top Chef, um, doing full family dinners when they had the fried chicken dinner, bro. Oh my God. But I was like, nah, we're not doing this. No, that scene with me killed me. I was thinking who ate my steak and my husband was like, what are you talking about? Shout out to, shout out to McCole. We want to talk to you girl and shout out to Kirsten. We want to talk to you too. We out here. McCole with the impeccable outfits on, on, um, on Instagram, baby girl. I love you. Did you see her finale jumpsuit? Yes. She loved it. Shut it da- Wait, shut it down. Okay. She ate, left no crumbs. Shut it no down. No crumbs. Shut it down. All right, y'all. We'll uh, see you back for uh, the recaps that we have for our, uh, well, excuse me, our soured sips and our filling of your cup for mm-hmm. uh, the next couple of episodes. We love y'all and we are out. Bye. 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 Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms found in the show notes. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Join us for live discussions on Clubhouse at the Rosé Noir. A special thank you to Ahmad Fielder for our amazing theme music. Follow him at infrared underscore crypto on Instagram. We are Rosé Noir. Rosé Noir. Rosé Noir. Rosé Noir. See you next show. gonna hit record we're gonna just uh we're gonna hit this off all right sheena your hair looks so good it looks really good and the sunlight on your face like stop showing off like go away (laughs) you silly okay um how was steam this morning mo it was really great i posted videos it looks so much fun it was It, it had a little bit of troubleshooting but I was able to troubleshoot on the fly. That's a part of science, right? Yeah. Um, but it, we made we built some really nice thermometers. And now I was like, I need one of those. <laughs> I was like, I saw the video. I'm like, look at this nerd. And then I was like, she's so fucking smart. <laughs> All I could think of was, I really want one. I was like, I'm gonna need a side uh, demo. I could never. <laughs> so I could make this thermometer. Y'all, I got my Red Bull. 
I took some pre-workout before I worked out. So I already got some caffeine in my system. I got my Red Bull. I'm ready to talk, big brother. Perfect. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. So, I wish I had uh, rewatched it, though. Ain't no need. We're going to go through anything that we know. We're just going to talk about it. It'll okay. This will be a nice little... Um, this will be a nice little, what you call it, little uh, 30, 35 minute, 45 minute, whatever. Uh, yeah. episode. As, as soon as we feel like the well has one run dry, we're good. Okay. Okay, um, boys to men, wait till the waters run dry. <laughs> Not wait till the well. That's my joint. 